Isaac, good to see you today. I've got my uh, white cup, which I had last week, but I have washed it since then. Uh, sometimes that's not true, but today it is. And uh, good to see you. We're going to uh, get in another boat today. I would. I hope at some point in time we can like bring the woods and the word getting coffee like on a tour of your house, and they can just see all the coffee cups like all <laughs> over the place. Right. It just doesn't matter if they're clean or dirty. Like you're putting coffee in them. You know that's it's getting the job done. There's um, one in the microwave right now. I'm sure with yesterday's coffee. Oh, I yeah, that's a great. There was a growing up in the wood household. You would always you go to use the microwave and pop it up, and more often than not your coffee mug would be sitting in there with coffee in it that you'd put in to heat up in the afternoon and completely forgot that it was there. Right. And so I'm trying to look to heat up as a high schooler, looking to heat up a corn dog or a hot pocket. And there's a cup of coffee sitting in there. Right. Almost every, almost every time. Pretty much. And the joke was that, that you guys would come home from my funeral and open the microwave and they'd be <laughs> a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yes. It still might be the case. It could very likely happen. Very, very likely, yeah. We're but very color coordinated today. We are. We didn't. Even, we don't study ahead, folks. We don't plan. No. Just so you know. No. Yeah. So Amanda and Felicia would probably dress us differently, but but uh, they trust us to do this. So, uh, well, today we're in a boat, uh, and this this theme that we've been talking about is lessons learned in the boat with Jesus. But what happens when he's not in the boat with you? Can you still learn something about Jesus? Uh, and so in today's story, uh, and we're going to do this in two parts. Part A, he's not in the boat. Part B, he gets in the boat. But before that, somebody else gets out of the boat, which is all very interesting. So, uh, but let me read uh, the passage that we're going to talk about today. And uh, it's very interesting just how it begins. Uh, we're in Matthew 14, pick it up in verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land. The footnote says three or four miles, maybe beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. So he puts them in the boat. He makes them get in the boat. What's what's just happened? Why why is he shooing them away here? What's going on? Yes, you know that's what I, I'm drawn to um, in this passage this morning is this idea of transition, mm -hmm. um, because the passage right immediately before this, and they use the word immediately here, so you're connecting these sections fairly seamlessly here. Right. The section before this was Jesus feeds the five thousand. Right. So uh, Jesus is out. He starts preaching. All these these people come. A lot of people come. The disciples go through the miracle of feeding the 5000 where they don't have any food for them. Um, but a boy has Sackle. a couple, couple loaves of bread, and a couple fishes. 
And then Jesus feeds 5,000, which probably more like 10,000 people with just those things. So he's multiplying food for these people. So that's a miracle. Um, and, and at the end of that, so as those people are eating, then immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. So like, think about the disciples at this point in time, they're still trying to wrap their head around what's going on. Cause it, in another gospel that, you know, he, or actually here, and they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets. So the disciples went and picked up the overflow of the miracle. Right. right? There were leftovers. And immediately after that, Jesus says, now leave. And it's like, you, you can, what? you can, what? you can picture them being like, but what, but let's talk about this. Like what just happened, Jesus, what's going on here. This is great. Let's go interview these people and make sure they know what happened here. Cause maybe they, they don't all, they couldn't see necessarily what was going on. Right. They might think, oh, it was nice of the disciples to plan this all out. He's like, no, yeah. let's go tell them about Jesus here. And he says, no, go. Get in this boat and go. Right. Um, and just the transition from miracle to miracle here of, and I know your story, you've told your story of, um, of your life and how often there's a transition from, calling to calling, um, which is kind of how it plays out in our world a little bit more of, you know, sometimes there's this, yes, God is blessing what's happening now. God just fed the 5,000 and now it's time to go to something else. And so right. like, how, how do you know when it's time to get in the boat? Well, right. Because think of the church they could have built there, the house of bread and fish. Yeah. The first Baptist church of wherever they were. And uh, it, it could have been huge because they would have had uh, at least 10,000 uh, members from the get-go. And think of what the, the, the buildings would have been. Yeah. Plus free lunch every, yeah. And, but Jesus is not going to be there much longer. Uh, he's got work to do here and there, and he's dispersed the disciples. They have lessons to learn. Um, They've got another experience of Jesus to encounter right. and and this one's going to stretch their their understanding of who he is even further than what like now he's just he's right. a great teacher on the side of a hill a great pastor they can build right. a church he's got a congregation he's given great sermons and he's working miracles he's turning right turning he bread, providing had five thousand people with enough to feed two people maybe uh and and so what is what are the limits to what this guy can do who is this? They're still asking that question from last time. Who Who is this that controls the wind and the waves? They keep getting stretched. But the answer to my question of when do you know, when do you know when it's time to leave is when Jesus tells you it's time to leave. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And oftentimes, <laughs> not only in my own experience, but also as I've walked with other people who have made this transition, he makes you get in the boat. Now he either makes it so obvious that you know that it's no that it's time, or he he will pull the carpet out from under you. So many of my friends would call me as they were in this moment of transition, but they weren't quite ready to go yet. They would call me and say, "I just lost my job, totally unexpected, out of the blue. I got fired." Yeah, I'm like, "That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get it? Don't you understand what that means? That means you go now." Yeah. 
They're like, what, what do you mean? Great. That's not great. I just lost my job. I said, no, but that job was holding you back. That what a great job was your security blanket, security blanket, Linus. And uh, God just took it away. So now time. that question you had about when would be the time to go, he just answered that. He just made you get in the boat. He made them get in the boat, and then he dismissed the crowds. He took care of, of, of cleaning up the previous miracle. Like, he's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he took care of that. And then, um, so there's there's these times in life where you don't see Jesus in your boat, where you feel, and so they go get in this boat. Nor do you put closure on what just happened necessarily. He just forced them out what feels like on their own, right? And they've been traveling with him. They haven't, I don't know that they've been away from Jesus very many times since they started this journey with him, right? Um, And so I'm reminded there's been times in my life where, I felt like I was in God's will, but I didn't necessarily feel like he was there. Like, like, like your communication lines. I, I'm reminded of uh, that the scene in Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so Apollo 13 is this mission. They're going to land on the moon, but then there's some malfunctions happening. They can't land on the moon. So then the challenge is how do we get back home safe? <laughs> um, but there's a scene where they, they decide they're going to slingshot around the moon and use whatever the physics term is for that, the gravitational pull of the moon to slingshot them back with enough momentum to get back home, get back to Earth's gravitational pull. But don't try this. As they do that plan, once they get behind the moon, they they lose contact with NASA, with Houston, right? Right. And so there's this dead zone period, this silent period where they are on track Yes. But they don't necessarily know for sure that they're on track and they can't communicate. And right. so there's a tense moment in the movie where they're waiting for them to pop out the other end. And right. hopefully they're still on track and they didn't blow up while they were behind the moon. <laughs> um, right. But spin off I, out of the space. I felt that time at times with God where you're like, I feel like I'm on track. But it's just kind of this silent zone. And so what do you do in those times? What do you do in the silent zones? And the, the answer is you stay on track. Because right. if those, Keep if the guys, in, if the guys in Apollo 13 were like, we can't hear from NASA and we're freaking out, are we on track? Let's take this in our own hands. Start they end up off track. They never right. pop around where they're supposed to be. Right. right. So it's important for us to wait to hear from, from God. And so these disciples, the last thing you know, he told you to do. Absolutely. He put them in the boat and they were in the boat and it's getting, it's getting rough, but this is a similar story now to the one we just read last week. Right. Right. Stormy sea. But there's a big difference. Huge difference. They're okay. looking at the cushion in the boat. Jesus is not asleep. There. He's, not, He's there. not there. No. So now times are getting, uh, sea's getting rough again. It's a, it seems like it's maybe a little less ominous or maybe they've just learned their lesson. They're not freaking out and thinking they're going to die. Um, but Jesus isn't there, but it's hard. It's hard. The storm is pushing against them. If they're having to work, this is, yeah, this could get out of control quickly. But then Jesus shows up. Right. But then Jesus shows up. And I think it's funny. Um, they think he's a ghost. (laughs) Right. Like, well, because 
who shows up by walking four miles out in the Sea of Galilee to say hi? Yeah, this idea of walking on water is not a thing that has existed. Him showing up is not an option as far as they know. So it's yes. got to be a ghost. It can't be got to be a ghost. That's the only thing that makes sense. The fact that a ghost is the only <laughs> thing that makes sense. Right. Tells you how hard it is here. Right. Right. But then it's not just that, oh, that must be a ghost. It's they're freaked out because right. they're like, what is that? That right. scares me. Um, yeah. and, it, and it says even... Um, when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the sea, they were terrified and said it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Right. So like we talk about this miracle of Jesus walking on the water, right? We, we know it now. We right. talk about it. When the disciples first experienced Jesus walking on the water, they were terrified. Absolutely. Yeah. Terrified. We're having a hard time out here and there's something else out here. Yeah. It's probably going to make this worse, not better. So, ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I think there's a lesson there for us to, to learn. Like when you're, Jesus puts you in a boat and sends you somewhere. And sometimes it's going to feel, sometimes he's there in the boat with you and you know that for sure. And you're, and you can burst with him and, 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 and step with him through that process. There are going to be times when he calls you on a mission, he sends you on a calling, um, and it's not going to feel like he's there with you. Right. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Um, and in those scenarios, when he shows up, that may be the scariest thing that you've ever seen. Yeah, because he will show up in a way perhaps you're not ready for. In, yes. In order to stretch your understanding of who he is and what he's fully capable of doing. Yeah. Because there's exactly storms happening in their lives. So there's storms happening in their life here, yes. right? Storms. And, and Jesus, the, the storms, the problem that is being created for them is the waves. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves. So well, that's the, the problem. was against them. They're if being the wind had been for them. They would be doing great, but the wind is opposing them, which is and they're being up the waves, and they're so far out. It's like going back's not an option. We got and they're being beaten by the waves. And how many times in our lives is that a perfect description of what our life feels like? Yeah, we're being beaten by the waves. Right now, in a previous story, Jesus just stopped the waves. Right, he doesn't stop the waves here. But they see Jesus walking on the waves. These yeah. waves that are their problem. Right. This is their oppression. This is their struggle. This is their challenge in life is the waves. Jesus is walking on them, over yeah. them, dominating them. He is not thrown off. He can make it four miles walking. They're stuck with the waves beating against them. Their boat can't move. He's over it. And that storm, those waves are the vehicle by which he is coming to them. Just like the storm in your life is the vehicle by which God will use to come closer to you than you. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at lessons, plural, learned yeah, in a boat with Jesus. Right. Not every interaction with Jesus goes the same way. Sometimes when we have challenges in life, Jesus is with us and Jesus, he just stops them. Right. Time for peace. Done. Peace be still. Right. And the peace shows up in your life. 
and, and it's a miraculous, you know, whether it's a, a healing or just Sense you know, presence. financial blessings or just peace that comes into your life immediately. Other times, Jesus is using those waves, those challenges. He doesn't tell them to go away. No. Because he wants you to experience him in them. And we're not going to, next week we talk about Peter getting a chance to actually experience this for himself too, which is the ultimate miracle that's being called here. But sometimes the waves won't stop, but you can still see Jesus in them. And he is not affected by the waves. Right. Because what do they know about Jesus based on what they learned the last time they were out here in a boat with him? They know he can calm the waves. And They're stop expecting him to do that because that's what he did last time. But that's not what they need to see here. They need to see Jesus through the waves. And the reality yes. is he is going to carry them. He's coming to them and he will help them through the waves. So our, our experience with Jesus should not be dependent on our circumstances, on our environment. That is a lesson to be learned, yes. He is using our environment to show us him, and he's going to show up in different ways. Like, it's not, like, every every experience with God is not going to be the same in our life. This is going to be different. So you can't just take, oh, this is what God did last time, so he's going to wash, rinse, repeat that cycle in me um, the exact same way. He doesn't have he cookie always, cutters in his drawer. He doesn't use cookie cutters. Right. His cookie cutter is, he's always working it the same way, like in, in Colossians, where he's going to stretch you. He's, that's going to be the same. He's going to be stretching you. You're going you're gonna to learn more about him. You're going to learn about, more about his will for you in, in his life, in your life. Um, but it's going to be done in a different way. Like he's playing 5D chess, uh, <laughs> probably 10D chess, you know, yeah. like, like and chess, we, we understand checkers and so we're like oh i see he's gonna take that red one and, and he's gonna double jump and king me right uh, and he's like no man king you i got other things like there's right. pieces on this thing you don't even know about right um that are, that are above and beyond what a king, what two checkers stacked on top of each other are right are you gonna <laughs> settle for that really that's all yeah. you want out of this yeah um and it's like but but it's different and so i think that as we walk through the lessons that you know, sometimes I think it's like you, you go through a story in the Bible and you're like, all right, so how am I, how does this apply to my life today? Right. And so I don't, you, whoever's listening to this, like you're in a different place in, in life. Like some of you have Jesus in your boat and then last week's message really spoke to you now. But I, would, I think, I think all of these stories of Jesus show up in our lives in different ways at different times. And yeah. so to, to be able to go back and look at your life and say, you know what? Wow, that, that's what was happening then. Or to to prepare, like, hey, these are these different stories of Jesus in a boat. These are going to happen in your life. If they haven't already, they're going to. So to be prepared to look for him. Look for him when the waves come. When the storms come, where's Jesus? That should be your first question. As right. life gets difficult, you're getting frustrated, things are coming at you that you're not prepared to handle. Where's Jesus? Is he in that boat or did he send me from somewhere else? Is he coming out on the waves? Like what is the miracle that he's going to work here? Cause he's going to work one. He is coming and he Where, will, he will show up the question. He may show up in a way totally unexpected, but it will be in a way that will teach you that will grow you 
and that will meet the need that you have, your greatest need at that moment, uh, which might not be a dry towel, which is probably what they thought they needed. Uh, and so Jesus's message to you is right here at the end of this passage, verse yeah. 27. Because um, as soon as they freaked out, again, he uses the word immediately again. As yeah. soon as they freak out, he says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Yeah, Waves are still happening. Right. Their circumstances have not changed at all. They've just seen Jesus and he said, I'm here. Don't be afraid which are the two things you need to know most when you're in the middle of a storm. He's here. Don't be afraid. He'll get and you. Even when you didn't know he was there. Right. When you didn't know he's there, he says, I'm here. Don't be afraid. Yeah. He's coming. And then, and then this story is about to get real cool uh, for right. Peter specifically, but for everybody in that boat. Right. Um, and this is, so it's like this This passage today was this transition point from miracle to miracle. Because um, at, at this stage, when we stop at verse 27, the disciples actually haven't experienced a miracle themselves. Uh, they, they, they They're watching fish. Jesus do another one. They got done eating fish and bread that had been produced from other pieces of fish and bread. Now they're in a storm. They're still in a storm, but Jesus is there. And right. And he says, don't be afraid. And then they're about to experience another miracle um, that that continues to stretch their understanding of who he is. And, and that's that's what our Christian life is. Our Christian life is going miracle to miracle. <laughs> it's, right. it, it, life with yeah. life with Jesus is going miracle to miracle. Um, right. and, and it's not always physical miracles, but just the, the way God uses us and the involvement. We go from his work to his work in our lives. Um, and sometimes there's these transition periods in between those two things that right. we don't feel like he's with us, but he says, take heart. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Right. And so he, he uses these times between the miracles to stretch us and grow us and develop us so that we can more fully participate in the next miracle. And Peter is Peter's leaning into that right now. He heard, don't be afraid. And he's going to move from being afraid to being about as bold as you can get in this context. And we'll pick that up next time, friends. But look that, and this is, the boat. This is my favorite. This is my favorite Bible story. Right. Yeah. I think this is this is what this story and what we get to next week is God's vision for what he wants all of us Christians to be doing. Uh, to this living this life with Jesus um, is an opportunity to do things that just aren't that are crazy <laughs> and are above and beyond um, like we, we talked about last week. right and yeah. the, the good news friends as you learn this and this truth and as you practice it and live it in your life the distance between the miracles gets shorter and shorter and shorter as he keeps using you and allowing you to be a part of what he's doing uh, to bring glory to God all over the world. So you're in a boat. It's a, it's a storm. Fasten your seatbelt. Uh, keep rowing. Jesus is coming. Don't be afraid. Look for Jesus. Find Jesus. 
and that'll determine your next steps. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time.